Welcome to the Dungeon Master's Guide, a podcast for new and veteran enthusiasts of Dungeons & Dragons to get all the information you need to run your own game. My name is Nathan Lewis, and I will be your host. In this episode, we will dive into encounters and how to associate them with your adventures, as well as their purpose within your world. Let's get going. As I've stated a few times now, your role as a dungeon master is to make choices which influence the entire course and feeling of your worlds. These choices can be as simple as what kind of NPC your players will interact with next, or a more complex decision such as what type of governments your nations are ruled by. One of these decisions will be how much focus your adventures will put on combat. There is not a real wrong answer to this choice, but how many encounters are placed within your world can be influential to the development of your players and their associated characters. While that choice is up to you, be very intentional and consistent with how you answer this query. Try to avoid switching styles of play while an adventure is ongoing to preserve continuity from one quest to another. Switching from a roleplay-heavy adventure to a more combat-centric one can be jarring enough to be an effective way to transition between story arcs. So what is the purpose of your combat? For me, I use encounters for two reasons to break up roleplay heavy areas, and to add stakes to the actions of my players. The campaigns I like to run are filled with extended sections of intense roleplay, which can lead to player fatigue. To repel this, I throw a few low-level encounters at them ever so often in order to make them feel like an active part of my worlds, as well as to keep them alert. Additionally, I also place harder scenarios at their feet when bosses and subordinate villains are encountered by the party. As a dungeon master, you can place encounters as often or sparse as you would like. However, make sure the frequency of encounters is fair to your players and takes into account if they have enough resources to overcome the challenges. With this stated, let's talk about XP banks. In order to understand the cadence of when you as a DM should throw encounters at your players, let's create an analogy. Each of your players has a certain cap of their potential power output based on their level, which we will call their individual XP. These values are detailed within the Dungeon Master's Guidebook on page 82. Add the individual XP values of your players to receive a new balance, which we can call the party XP. This party XP is the account you have to draw from when constructing encounters for the party, the balance of which is refreshed completely at each long rest and halfway at each short rest. 
As you look at the monsters within the monster manual, a book I will detail in a moment, each has their own XP value. Much of the same process you underwent to receive a party XP can be applied here to gain a value we can call the monster XP. All this math talk is an important process to undergo in order to know how difficult your encounters will be. In order to understand this in a more practical sense, let's include an example and a few pieces of literature. Let's bring out two books which will be essential to this example and detailing how XP banks and values functionally work. The first is the Dungeon Master's Guide, a book which this podcast was named after. The second is the Monster Manual, another book which has a large plethora of enemies for you to choose from. Both of these books were written by the creators of Dungeons and & Dragons and will be essential to your journey as a Dungeon Master. With these two on hand, let's set up an example. Let's say you have three players, each with fifth level, and are wanting to throw two different encounters at them while they explore a dark cave. Let's first calculate the party's XP value to gain an insight at what kind of enemies we can and how many we should bring to the fight. At level 5, as prescribed on page 82 of the Dungeon Master's Guide, each player has an individual XP score of 500 at medium difficulty. Notice there are four different challenge levels detailed on this page which can be used to make encounters harder. For now, let's stick with a medium difficulty to bring the party XP value to 1500. This is the bank account which we have to draw from to create our two encounters. With our party XP tabulated, now we get to be creative and decide which monsters our party will battle. Turning to the monster manual, let's look for a few enemies which would most likely live within a cave and would be appropriate for a trio of level 5 adventurers. The first types of creatures which come to mind would be bats, and since our party is below level 10, I think it would be appropriate to have a more traditional enemy, like a bat, present. Looking at their XP rating of 10, bats are very low level, which may not be exactly what is appropriate for level 5 characters, but we can keep that in mind. Another option is a giant bat with an XP rating of 50, which is a harder and more attuned challenge. Going further, let's also look for a type of bear, a cave bear. This is a conveniently specific enemy, which has an XP rating of 450, and it can be a more difficult enemy. Remembering back to our party XP, a cave bear can take up almost a third of our total bank, so let's reserve it for a dungeon boss. Maybe our party was sent by locals to take care of this bear, which had been challenging their farmers. So, putting it all together, Let's construct our two encounters. The first can be three normal bats in the entryway of the cave and trigger as our players enter its mouth. As an easier encounter, this will warm up the party to what is coming as well as inform them of what is to come. 
As they traverse further, we can place a few rodent skeletons which show bare teeth marks hidden behind medicine checks, as well as a few claw scrapings on the walls. Even further in, our main encounter occurs. The remaining party XP is 1,470, and we know our bear will take 450, so we really have 1,020 XP to work with. In order to make up this discrepancy, let's add another cave bear, the original's mate, four giant bats, and a small bear cub. Adding the cub allows for a moral choice for the party. Clearly, the bear and its mate were wanting to feed their offspring, and this revelation could lead to some cool character development moments. With roleplay out of the way, our remaining balance for the party XP is 370. Rather than adding additional enemies to bring it closer to zero, let's stop here and complete this encounter. Zooming out, the construction of most encounters will follow the same path we just underwent. Once you know what difficulty you would like to confront your party with, you can create combat scenarios very quickly from this baseline using party XP. Sometimes you can also work in the opposite direction by creating an encounter around a certain monster you would like to have your party encounter. If a boss is integral to a certain story beat, start with them and their individual XP to find the correct difficulty for your party. If their XP value is beyond any of the difficulty steps the Dungeon Master's Guidebook details, or is harder than you would like, wait to introduce this entity to your party until they become more capable of taking it on. On the other hand, if a certain monster is too difficult for your players at a certain time, you may have just found an interesting villain for your adventure, which can be integrated into the story. Inside your encounter, the environment can play a large part in the difficulty and outcome of combat. If you are in the forest, there may be large fallen tree trunks which provide cover or unseen pit traps. When underground, there may be swaths of rubble providing difficult terrain to the battlefield or hazards when walking over it. Allowing your environment to make a difference and have its own personality can make the party's success more valuable. Adding environment also makes your encounters interesting, which can lead to fun combat. For example, if there are flowing rivers of lava which push around and break up a stone floor, your players and enemies alike need to strategize their placement a turn in advance to avoid being burned. Aspects like this can lead to a memorable and interesting experience. As in all things, there may be moments when you make mistakes in the difficulty of an encounter or the cadence of its events. This is okay. Let me say this again. It is okay to make mistakes. 
One of the amazing aspects about playing Dungeons and Dragons is that improv is within its core values. Seeing your party struggle more than they should or be rocked by a combat scenario can be an amazing springboard for advancing the narrative. If an enemy is accidentally too powerful and handedly survives your party, causing them to limp away in terror, you can transition them into a prominent role within your adventure. Adapt to where your players shape your encounters, and usually everything will work out. However, there may be a time where you are panicking and close to gravely damaging your party beyond what improv can fix and need to course correct. In these moments, breathe and know everything will be okay. As the DM, you are the ultimate power within your universe and can do quite literally anything you would like. It's time to use these powers to warp the world to preserve the atmosphere of fun. If an enemy or encounter is about to ravage your party in a way which seems detrimental to the fun of the session, begin to course correct immediately. This does not mean and should not be altering the health points of an enemy to make the next attack kill them or even fudging dice rolls. Stray away from these nuclear options by using the lessons already learned within this podcast. One option would be to have a higher level NPC join into the battle, helping them succeed but also indenting the party to their whims. Another option would be to have your environment dramatically shift, cutting off a villain from accessing the party and giving them an opportunity to flee. Using narrative and logical paths can give your players an out from an encounter without breaking the fairness of your position as a dungeon master. As your party traverses and battles through your world, it's incredibly important to have open channels of communication towards the humans behind the characters. Without spoiling stories or giving unfair advantages, have frequent and perpetual conversations with your players to make sure they are still having fun through all combat encounters. If they are not, find out why and use your ability to meld the world into a more enjoyable experience. I am not saying you should make your adventures easy, a smooth journey brings no growth. Rather, you should make sure that your ears are open and understanding towards the plights of those whose time and attention is in your hands. This lesson of communication will be explored in a future episode, but it's important to note early on. As you look through the monster manual in a search for a challenge, there may be a moment where you do not find quite what you are yearning for. While the creators of Dungeons and Dragons Wizards of the Coast have several additional books with many more enemies, such as Mordenkainen's Tome of Foes, there is the option to construct customized enemies. Several websites exist which house blueprints for this exact purpose, such as D&D Beyond, there are a few essentials to remember. First, be fair in all things. Nothing is invulnerable in D&D, not even the gods. 
The more difficult an entity is, add ways to break its defenses or vulnerabilities to certain types of damage. If an entity is severely powerful, lay out a few quests the party can go on to receive items they can use to defeat or even control it. Also, give the monster personality. While being dull can be hilarious at times, your custom entity should have goals and ties to the world around them. Family, or the lack thereof, can be a great tie-in for a monster, as well as a backstory to go with it. And that is all about encounters and creating combat. There will be two episodes in this upcoming week, one on Wednesday and the other on our normal Saturday. I will be diving into player experience and interviewing one of my own. Additionally, I will be speaking on treasure and special items. Thank you for listening. Please send any questions to me at the Tilted Crown 6 on Twitter. See you next week.